Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pages Unknown, the podcast dedicated to all things books and pop culture. My name is Zachariah, and I will be joined, as always, by my fabulous co-host, Michaela. Say hi, Michaela. Hi, Michaela. This is your fair and evergreen warning that there will be some spoilers throughout this episode. This will be true for every episode moving forward. We made sure to read the book in its entirety, and now we want to talk about it. As a reminder, new episodes are out every Wednesday, and if you, our wonderful listeners, would like to read along with us. We're posting all the books we're reading on the Literal Book Club app. You can join Literal with the invite link, literal.club slash invite slash IFDEP2G. One more time, that's literal.club slash invite slash IFDEP2G. If you're already a member of the Literal app, you can find the book club under Pages Unknown Podcast Read Along. You can also find us on Goodreads and TikTok under Pages Unknown. Instead of reviewing a book, This episode, we're going to be talking about writing one. National Novel Writing Month starts at midnight on November 1st. This episode, we're going to talk about some books that have been published from this challenge, what this process actually looks like, and sharing our own projects for the challenge. We hope that you enjoy the episode. So, our wonderful listeners, Michaela and I want to announce that we are taking the challenge. This year, we are going to participate in National Novel Writing Month. <laughs> and while we are doing it, I know I'm <laughs> I'm a little nervous as oh, well. Lord. But we are going to be posting TikToks every day throughout the entire month of November. So you can kind of get a sense of what this looks like from somebody who's taking the challenge. But also, if you're looking to take the challenge yourself, Nano Remo National Novel Writing Month, you can go to that website and it details everything. I'm also going to talk a little bit about it right now because, Michaela, I don't know that you and I are fully grasping what we're about to get ourselves into. <laughs> <laughs> I think the added TikTok thing is going to be what's what's the real crux for me because writing is sort of, I find it to be a very nice process. Writing under such pressure can be a little bit difficult, but then adding on to that, the fact that we're Mm -hmm. doing it publicly. I know. I'm excited to do it a little publicly though, because it's going to add that pressure of, oh, I have to record a video for my vlog. I guess we're vlogging. I don't know if people still use that term, I don't know. but also we actually have to write a thing. We have to write. So this challenge, I'm sure many of you listening, if you're into books, you've probably heard of National Novel Writing Month, often called NaNoWriMo. It's a, a lot of people think of it as a challenge, but it's also a nonprofit. And it it does work to promote creative writing around the world. Its flagship program is this annual challenge where you have to write 50,000 words in the month of November. Woo! So 1,667 words per day. And remember, there's like holidays that are happening during this month. There's You have to do Thanksgiving. And a lot of folks are celebrating Veterans Day and going to see family. There's just a lot happening as you get closer and closer to the end of the year. You have to do all of those social obligations as well as get up every morning and think about how you're going to kill off everybody's favorite character in your book. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get up and think about it. Michaela, have you ever taken the challenge or ever thought about taking the challenge? I have. I've done it several times, actually. I think that's why I'm not as daunted by this prospect. I tried NaNoWriMo for the first time when I was in middle school with my friend Kristen, okay. who is an incredibly talented writer. She started mm-hmm. doing it, and so I joined in. I'm pretty sure my first book that I wrote on there was about a dystopia steampunk type thing. Mm -hmm. And I wrote myself very clearly as the main character. And all of my love interests (laughs) were based off of like Nick Jonas 
<laughs> and all of my celebrity crushes at the time. I just wrote uh-huh. out my dreams, you know? So that was the first time I definitely did not succeed. Then I did it again when I was in high school. And I started this project that actually lasted me until I was a junior in college. So from uh-huh. ages about 19 to 23-ish, where I was working on one project, which is technically against the rules. In NaNoWriMo, you're supposed to start with a blank slate. You can come in with an idea and a sort of roadmap for what you want to write, but you're not supposed to have written anything already. I was working on the same project every year and Mm -hmm. throughout the year as well, even when it wasn't like NaNoWriMo time. Mm -hmm. So I never actually submitted it to quote unquote, win the challenge. I think you get a t-shirt or something like that. But I did happily collect the pin badges that you get online. So <laughs> pretty sure at this point, my the project I had been working on all those years is mm-hmm. like well over 75,000 words. And it's probably absolutely incoherent by this point. It spans so much of my life. But it's such a fun little mm-hmm. exercise to take on. It really does push you. And there are some days where the words come so quick and so easy. And then mm-hmm. there are other days where you cannot think. No words are cut. It's like you've never learned a language. So I'm really looking forward to taking this on with you. I think it's going to be fun. Oh, I'm really excited to do it. But I want to ask, when you say the words are coming quickly, Mm -hmm. are you saying that you are typing? Because I'm not typing. I do voice to text basically all of the time Mm -hmm. because I can move so much faster. If you just start talking about a scene out loud, listen, I don't want to act like I have all of these great writing tips. I don't. But this is how I write in my journal. Today is day 151 in my journal in a row. Oh my God. Myself, I know, right? I told myself if I'm able to do that, then maybe I can stick to this this challenge of writing every single day. I've taken a challenge previously when I was much younger. So I did it when I was, gosh, I did it when I was 20. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it again when I was 26. When I was 20, I was writing a book that felt like I had taken portions of the the manga that I was really into and put a bunch of magical elements from like <laughs> Harry Potter into it. Yeah. So it was if you can imagine Dragon Ball Z happening at Hogwarts, <laughs> it was a little <laughs> And I I will never show it to anybody. I do have I do have a lot of it. I only made it to about 8000 words is not bad for That's like That's very good. For a really incoherent story and plot, 8,000 words was not bad. I was going somewhere, but it was nowhere great. I still have it one day. Maybe I'll... We keep joking about Patreon exclusives or like oh, whatever. Lord. Maybe one day I'll just... That's I'll not an that, exclusive, but- though. I feel like mine would be a Patreon punishment. Like if they did something we didn't like, now you have to read this horrible book. You know, one day we have to stop teasing Patreon and figure out, you know. And we'll get that sorted. Listen, if y'all would support us on one of those things, maybe we'll think about it. But anyway, the second time I took the challenge, I thought I could do David Sedaris-esque, where I would be writing small vignettes from throughout my life. And what hubris to think that. (laughs) I was going to say, sheesh, the ego. (laughs) The ego. And I didn't feel like it was ego. I just was like, what I really thought it was, I fully needed therapy at the time. And listen, men will do anything except go to therapy. (laughs) And so, of course, (laughs) tries to write a book. I'm just going to write about all of my trauma instead of processing it with somebody else that could be helpful or get myself on medication. I'm just going to write this and become famous and just move on from there, right? Like, ooh, yeah, the dream is to be able to write for a living. I don't even think I was really trying to be an author. I think I just wanted to be kind of part of people who were trying to create things which is 
another big, it might sound silly or kind of, I don't want to use the word stupid, but there's a community that's writing at the same time you are, right? And on their website, you join a local group that's taking a challenge. So Michaela and I will both be joining the one that is local to our, we'll both be joining the one for our city. Sometimes if a city is big enough, they might have more than one just because, you know, I live in New York, so there might be ones that are by borough. I'm not sure. But anyway, these are people that are also trying to do this insane thing, do a draft of this novel in 30 days. Yeah. I would definitely say that NaNoWriMo is not an individual task that's easily taken on. I have always done it with a friend. Anytime Mm -hmm. I have taken on anything and not necessarily even to be an editor or like a co-reader, nothing like that. I don't think Kristen Mm -hmm. ever read any of the book I was writing. It just you need someone there to tell you, Mm -hmm. you speak English. You can do this. (laughs) You know words. (laughs) You do words good. (laughs) But she never looked at it. No, no. The person that you did this with never looked at your draft at all. I'm sure at some point I sent her something. I'm pretty sure I talked to her about my characters. She'd remember better Mm -hmm. than I would. Maybe I'll reach out to her to find out if I ever did. But once it got to the point that it's at now, oh my gosh, no. Because it would be miserable. I would have to really, I I love her to my core. She's one of my best friends in the world. I would never do that to her. (laughs) (laughs) It's so mean. It's so terrible. I don't read it, let alone someone else. My main point of this, though, you can't do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone is also the thing. You you should not be doing this alone. I did have somebody look at some of the the autobiographical little vignettes that I've been I tried to put together. Unfortunately, the person that I had look at them was somebody I was related to since they were about my life. It didn't cause an argument, but it did cause a really long discussion about how we believe our parents need to go to therapy. And so, <laughs> uh oh. Not just not just myself and the person I'm talking about, but my parents, who I love dearly. If they're listening to the pod, hello, parental units. I love you. You need therapy still to this day. We're leaving this Hi, part Carla. in. I'm leaving it in the podcast. <laughs> no, not my name. Now you have to take it out. <laughs> I have to. No, I'm going to leave it in. So as we go along with our drafts, Michaela and I will be posting every day on TikTok. Maybe we'll put it on Instagram and YouTube as well. Not that we think everybody wants to see our faces, but if we're going to take the challenge, we want you all to see what it looks like. The stress, the fear in in my eyes that I... (laughs) This isn't a video podcast, but Michaela and I are already kind of having panic attacks as we're talking about doing the challenge. Well, I think what's going to be really interesting... I know, put it this way. Uh Uh-huh. I know that when I was in middle school, when I was in high school doing this, I would have loved to have seen someone doing a sort of daily vlog style thing about Mm -hmm. them participating in NaNoWriMo because it would have given me that sort of encouragement to say, okay, they had a bad day too. You know, they only wrote 200 words today and they're not beating themselves up over it. I'm sure there are going to be moments that I run into roadblocks. What always happens is like you get halfway through the month, most of the way through your novel and you hate it. Everything. Of course. And you just wish yeah. you could go back to the start and have a whole new project, but you can't. You have to stick with it through the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think it's going to be cool to be able to look back on our videos and watch the whole process take place when hopefully both of mm-hmm. us have succeeded in whatever respect that means. Doesn't necessarily mean we both write 50,000 words. Maybe it means we both achieve a more personal goal. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool. I think we might think about doing a live stream. Oh, Lord, don't even. That gives me so much anxiety. Oh, it would be... It would be totally fun, I think. We, we we can talk about that later. If people are interested in seeing us do a live stream where we're collectively having a panic attack, let us know. Uh, 
<laughs> the thing I think is going to be the hardest is figuring out how to fit this into our schedule, yeah. right? How are we going to fit this into our lives? Because at this point, I'm less than a year out from my wedding. And so I want to get back on that. I want to go back to the gym. I know I'm very excited. I want to get back into the gym. I want to lose a little bit of weight, but also I'm seeing my family for Christmas. So, you know, I'm trying to fit going back to the gym in. I'm trying to change my diet. I'm trying to get sleep, work a full-time job and do NaNoWriMo all at the same time. And do this podcast. (laughs) And do this podcast. I guess maybe we should mention to everybody listening during November, there will not be an episode every Wednesday, obviously, because we are going to be writing the next great American novels. Of course. Busy. <laughs> We're going to be busy. So we'll just make sure to post somewhere when something goes up. Keep a lookout because we do have a couple of great guests. We've never done interviews before. We're new to all of this. So we're having, we're just having fun. We're having a great time. But we have two really cool guests that are going to be coming on. And I don't want to say who it is. We're no. not going to, we're not going to spoil it yet, but keep a lookout. We'll keep you... <laughs> We'll keep you informed. I just, I keep wanting to spoil it and I no can't. No spoilers, I can't no spoilers. Nenorimo is deeply rooted in what I refer to very fondly as Tumblr culture. Mm-hmm. That's where mm. I kicked it off. You know, we see people doing it online. It was primarily people writing fantasy novels for some reason. That's the overwhelming demographic. Yeah, seems <laughs> Something like Something else that was the overwhelming demographic, however, before we get into our next little segment, was that it is a predominantly white event. Yes. The majority of people who end up taking the challenge, or at least historically have taken the challenge, were white folks. There's a lot of privilege in being able to make time. Mm-hmm. I just described all those things I would have to do to balance being able to sit down and write this. I don't have kids. I can afford my rent on my one job, right? My partner also has a job. We live in a nice house. We have all of these things. I'm never going to have to worry about food or making sure that I have enough money for rent. All of that enables me to make time to write nearly 2000 words a day on a novel that could never potentially could never be published or amount to any financial return on the investment. NaNoWriMo, to their credit, has been actively trying to do some, calling it diversification efforts, feels like, like the incorrect analysis. What they're saying is, here are the resources. How can we be helpful? Yeah. And I think the the team that they have is doing a good job of ensuring resources are being given to folks, spaces are being created for folks. There's a BIPOC group, there is a queer group, mm-hmm. and obviously it's not perfect. They are trying. It's a nonprofit that wants to promote creative writing. In doing so, they do provide schools that are predominantly of color and sometimes that are lower income with resources right. for creative writing. Yeah. They're trying in their own way to ensure that we do not keep our bookcases a white male and stale. Uh, they're actively <laughs> trying. This all being said, everything that I just said, a lot of the more famous books that have been written and subsequently published from this, a lot of those happen to be a lot of women, which is great. We, we like to see women being published. There are some queer folks. We do like to see some queer folks being published. Of course, there are only a couple of quote unquote, very famous mm-hmm. books that were written by individuals of color that were done during NaNoWriMo. Right. This is not a knock on NaNoWriMo. This is just how it has happened. This is actually more of a critique on the publishing industry, I think. Yeah, in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I think we need to be thinking about this overall. That being said, I do want to talk about a couple of the books that were written at least partially during the challenge. Michaela, you want to take us through the one that you brought and wanted to talk about? 
Absolutely. So when we were planning for this episode, the first person that popped into my head was Erin Morgenstern, who has mm-hmm. talked publicly quite a bit about her experience with NaNoWriMo. Mm-hmm. Her book, The Night Circus, was partially loosely mm-hmm. written on NaNoWriMo. It's a bit of a funny story. She was working on a separate book. And when she would mm-hmm. get stuck, one of the sort of mantras at NaNoWriMo is when you get stuck to add dragons, add fairies, you know, just throw in something totally random to get those creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. So her take on that was to take her characters out of the story she was writing and put them in a circus and just <laughs> see what happened. From that, very loosely from that, Night Circus mm-hmm. came to be. I believe the book was originally published in 2011. Okay. And she had been writing it for quite a long time by that point. It had been, sort of formed on NaNoWriMo, I think, five or six years before that. And she steadily was adding into it and writing it as she went. Uh, okay. Yeah. So pretty cool, though. And I actually found this interesting quote from her that Mm -hmm. I do want to read. But first, let me just tell you a bit about Night Circus. So Night Circus deals with the rivalry between two forms of magic. We have old and new. And it also talks about the love between two young magicians who are destined to face each other in a duel to the death, each representing the different styles of magic. So the book opens with five-year-old Celia Bowen, who represents the new magic side of things. She's taken in by her estranged father after her mother unalives herself. He is very reluctant about taking Celia in until he sees her sort of natural talent for new magic, Mm -hmm. and he immediately signs her up for a duel to the death between her and her father's old master's new protege. Yeah, the drama. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So his, her dad, her estranged father, his old master who teaches old magic has a new protege that he's teaching Uh old magic to. Her father wants to pit her against this young protege whose name is Marco. The two of them are inadvertently both recruited into the night circus, which is Mm -hmm. a circus. They're both hired by the circus. And that sort of makes it so the circus is now the place for the duel shenanigans ensue they don't realize that they're going to be fighting each other it's a great book if you haven't read it read it Aaron Morgenstern to a movie yeah I think they were going to talk about a tv show oh a tv show okay yeah. so Aaron Morgenstern had she has a whole pep talk on NaNoWriMo I think Zechariah introduced what pep talks are earlier and in it she mm-hmm. says I think NaNoWriMo is a brilliant idea and gives you two magical things company and a deadline before nano i was the sort of person who would write a page and hate it so i'd stop when really you need to keep going and write more pages and nano is a wonderful way to learn that which is pretty much it sums up everything we just said (laughs) way more succinctly (laughs) than we ever could i thought of that book immediately because i think it's a great example of exactly what the power of nano remote is Mm -hmm. i agree with you it's nice to see when folks who've taken the challenge and have now gone on to be successful writers come back and encourage folks to do it. I know it sounds like we're really pumping up this challenge. We want you to take it too. If you're listening, we want you to also do this, do it along with us. The one thing I wanted to bring up about Aaron Morgenstern, you said this was written over a couple of NaNoWriMo. So technically, did Aaron win NaNoWriMo or was it just, was it allowed to be considered a win? <laughs> yeah, I think they're just taking credit for it because it uh, <laughs> it did so well. <laughs> hey, NaNoWriMo provided a nice avenue for it to happen. Absolutely. The book that I brought to talk about is called The Wedding Date from 2018. It's written by Jasmine Guillory. She transitioned to a career as an author in 2015. After the book was completed and went through all of the different edits that you do for a book, this got quite a bit of attention. It was noted in Elle Magazine, Washington Po, 
Post, USA Today bestsellers. She's been very successful with this and a couple of other books that she has, The Wedding Party, Party of Two, etc., etc. I'm going to read directly from Goodreads. Somebody has put a nice succinct plot summary teaser on here. I just want to read it. A groomsman and his last minute guest are about to discover if a fake date can go the distance in a fun and flirty debut novel. If you're a listener to the podcast, you know I am actively not a person who loves romance as a genre in general. However, you will also know if you're a listener of the podcast, I love a hijink. I love when things go weird and take a left turn. (laughs) But you don't love a bamboozle. My favorite quote from the podcast so far. (laughs) I love hijinks, but I don't love a bamboozle. I love hijinks, but not a bamboozle. Agreeing to go to a wedding with a guy she gets stuck with in an elevator is something Alexa Monroe wouldn't normally do. But there's something about Drew Nichols that's too hard to resist. On the eve of his ex's wedding festivities, Drew is minus a plus one until a a power outage strands him with the perfect candidate for a fake girlfriend. I'm not going to go any further than that. However, I did buy a copy during the prep for this episode, and I'm really excited to go through it here. We wanted to give you a couple of books that were written and then subsequently published from the challenge, not only to give you some recommendations for a nice read, but also show you that it is absolutely possible to take this challenge and to win. Now we come to the difficult portion of the podcast. Michaela and I want to give you a taste of the books we're trying to create during November. Michaela, I'll give you the choice. Would you like to go first or am I going to have to stumble through my <laughs> I can shoddy plot? I can go first, but <laughs> my idea right now is very squishy. Mind you, we are recording this on the 6th of October. So it's the beginning of October. We've mm-hmm. got a month left to flesh these out. I'm going to very quickly go through what my storyline is because frankly, there's not very much to talk about. So like I said, it's very squishy. As a librarian and just a person whose hobby is books, I have always Uh paid a lot of attention to censorship, to banned Uh books, to unfortunately still in 2022, we have book burnings taking place. So I've always paid pretty hefty attention to those because they've always been very evocative to me. When I see those types of things, I have a pretty strong emotional reaction. I'd like to, (laughs) through the lens of a fantasy novel, (laughs) capture that feeling that it evokes, that seeing books burning condemnation of certain books because of their context or who they're written by. I'd like to capture Mm -hmm. that. So my very squishy plan is to have a female protagonist who lives in a society that is a mostly pictorial society. It's sort of like a forced, think like, think forced illiteracy where only the elite can read and write in an actual language and everyone else uses drawings and pictures like hieroglyphics. Again, so squishy. I'm so sorry. I want to introduce our main character as someone who belongs to a sort of secret society of underground librarians who have throughout time (laughs) secured old documents that still have writing on them and have taught people how to write to the best of their Uh ability. And obviously there will be some fun characters along the way. I have not organized all of that, but that's the basic premise. Mm -hmm. TM. (laughs) Don't take my idea. (laughs) TM. (laughs) If you can make sense of what I just said, don't take my idea. (laughs) And also DM me how how you made sense of it. (laughs) Michaela, when we're vlogging, are you going to be giving us updates about where certain characters have gone? Or are you just trying to talk about how you're feeling emotionally or maybe both? (laughs) Probably both. 
it'll be dependent on how far along in the story I am. If I've only written 150 words that day, I'm not going to give you a play-by-play on what the characters have done in those 150 words. I'll probably be more <laughs> like crying on, you know, TikTok and saying, why can I only write 150 words? This podcast, this very podcast, we let people know that there are spoilers. I might be providing folks with some spoilers, not right now, but actively during the writing of this. I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm just going to talk about where I'm at. Where I'm at for my idea, however, I vacillate between two different ideas. One is a non-magical person moves to a village where everything seems normal, but in reality, everybody else is magical except for them. Mm -hmm. Hijinks ensue. Every person there is unaware of basic medical things, and their magic only goes so far. So this person who's moved there has a little bit of a past as a hospice nurse, and a lot of the residents of this town skew a little bit older because they're older witches, they wanted to get away from society, a lot of them are unwed at the time. So this person comes to town, falls in love with one of the people, whatever. I'm writing potentially a romance, but it's going to be the background of the story. I know, I know. I think the reason I like the idea of writing a romance is because I dislike it so much and I know that it won't be overwrought when I maybe put Fair stuff enough. down. You'll do it how you like. Exactly. The other story I often think about is there's three people. They grew up together. They're not related, but they are. They're, all their parents are friends and they go to college together. Then on their first summer break after their freshman year, all hell breaks loose. This is in a world... It's in New York City. This is in a world where every single god of every pantheon exists. I love this idea, but I want it to be that every single one of the gods that could ever exist has existed. And all of them are indeed still alive. However, they just all got together and had a summit and said, you know what? I think we have a lot of believers in our pantheons in different areas. Maybe we should put up small councils over each Mm. city or state. And those folks can kind of do the administrative bullshit. (laughs) For the area. So if you wanted to mix the administrative state with a a bunch of pantheons of gods, I think (laughs) this is the book for you. You have godly (laughs) union representatives. (laughs) I'm the steward of the children of uh, Aphrodite, and I'm here today to talk to you about... Well, that sounds great. I'm very much looking forward to seeing everything that we put out during the month of mm-hmm. November. I think it's going to be really fun. So stay tuned for that. Follow us at mm-hmm. Pages Unknown on TikTok to make sure you stay updated mm-hmm. with all that stuff. And beyond that, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.